0: Hello and welcome to The Bus Stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I'm Kurt Mackeson, Executive Director. And in your membership minute, I just want to advise that on June 10th at one o'clock, we do have another in the series of the NSTA Flash webinars. This one is with our vendor partner, Fleetio. Now Fleetio will be presenting on the impacts from COVID-19 as it relates to fleet health and maintenance. They'll share some tips and best practices around how to take care of your idle fleet as it remains parked during the extended school break. Fleetio will also highlight solutions that can help you to track and analyze your fleet to ensure it will be fully ready to go once back to school begins. So once again, June 10th, that's a Wednesday at 1 p.m. for another in the NSTA Flash webinar series with our vendor partner, Fleetio. Now, at the bus stop today, we're pleased to have Kristen Rosenthal. She's a highway specialist with the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or as we commonly call it, NHTSA. So welcome to the bus stop, Kristen.
1: Hi, thank you. First, I just I want to thank um, NSTA for the opportunity to speak with you all today.
0: That's great. We're so pleased to have you. Um, what we usually start out with is... To give the listeners a little bit of background on on yourself, and then also if you could talk a little bit about NHTSA and the agency and what you guys do.
1: Um, Sure. So, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is a federal agency within the U.S. Department of Transportation. Um, The whole goal of NHTSA is to save lives, prevent injuries, and reduce economic costs due to road traffic crashes through education, research, safety standards and enforcement activity. Um, I am in the Office of Safety Programs and work on projects, research and educational initiatives to keep the vulnerable road users safe. Um, and so that includes bicyclist safety, pedestrian safety, aging road users, motorcyclists, and why we're all here today, people transportation.
0: Yes, and that's our favorite subject, of course, at the bus stop, But uh, and, and many of our members are aware that the agency did launch a newly updated school bus driver in-service curriculum. Maybe you can take a moment, Kristen, and explain what triggered the review and maybe highlight some of the changes that were made to the curriculum.
1: Absolutely. This training was first launched more than 30 years ago, and it has gone through several updates. Um, over the course of the years, um, due to policy change, technology, um, et cetera, um, so you have may have seen a version of this training before, um, and this I wanted to bring it up to today's style of learning and make it more accessible to the user.
0: Now, when you know when you go through an update like that, you know, um, you know, first of all, how do you deploy? Um, you know, these update efforts, because I'm sure your your range of folks you want to reach is, is you know, nationwide. It's pretty pretty lengthy. So how do you go about doing that?
1: Um, well, this course is a self-paced all online. Uh, the user can complete a lesson or a module and their progress is saved. Um, so they can come back to it and they don't have to start over. Uh, the course um, you know, it's mobile friendly and it has um, track learning, which allows you to check your knowledge as you move through the course and your progress. Um, and if you choose to, you can go module by module um, or you can sign up for the entire course. So it's a very flexible
0: style of training. Yeah, and, and so that's definitely um, appealing. So, uh, is the curriculum geared to appeal to to drivers or to just folks interested in student transportation? You know, who who are you trying to appeal to?
1: Um, sure, this curriculum is designed for school bus drivers, and it's not uh, necessarily meant for new school bus drivers, but as an update or refresher for those who have been working as a driver for as many years as they have. Uh,
0: I guess we're in a suspended animation period here. So, um, you know, a lot of school buses are not on the road, you know, at this point. Um, So in in terms of bus drivers, I guess that's probably a double-edged sword. It's maybe perhaps they have enough time to to utilize the program, but maybe some folks aren't thinking about, um, you know, honing their skills during this, you know, during this period, do you have any suggestions on, on how um, we, as an organization, or just generally, we can get you know word out about the program and how it can be useful to drivers?
1: Sure. Um, right now, it is available through our training arm, which is TSI, and we have a direct link that takes you to this designated school bus driver training, um, which I am happy to share with your listeners um, and provide some training documents, and a PowerPoint that walks you through from registration through printing your certificate. And the great thing about this is that managers and directors can assign their drivers to either complete the whole course or select modules, and they can even track them. So what we can do is we can set you up in the system. We can create a tracking report for managers. And this refreshes daily with the names and progress of individuals who have listed you as their supervisor, um, and have given us permission to share the information. Of course, and you will receive the report um, every day, versus or by email, or you can access it through your account if you have one.
0: Now, can you know? Can this be a tool um, for bus drivers uh, to to utilize for their Um, continuing education and professional development?
1: As far as I know, yes, um, that has been the census so far. The training itself is about six hours long um, in total, and then each module is broken down. Um, We have estimated minutes for each of those. So depending on how many hours they need, then it could satisfy those requirements up to six hours. Um, and for continuing education, we're actually currently developing a package um, that people will be able to access from this site to apply or send in for their continuing education credits. Um, but also they'll get that certificate at the end, um, either of each module or if they do the entire course, then they'll get a certificate for completing this.
0: Yeah, that's great. Now you and I actually met um, at the NASDIPs conference last year. So you're fairly new to the agency. Um maybe you can tell us, you know, some of the things that um you know you've learned or come across in you know your travels, um, you know, because uh, there's there's so much uh importance uh on the relationships between organizations like ours and NHTSA. And uh, um, that uh, you know, we're so pleased to have you in your role. But um, do you have any observations over the last year that uh, uh, come to mind in, in terms of um, you know, what you've seen?
1: What comes to mind is that I was fortunate enough to be able to attend that training um, and, or sorry, that meeting and meet a lot of the different stakeholders that work in people transportation. Um, I've been working in road safety, um, for 15 years, but pupil transportation was a pretty new subject for me. I've been worked. I worked primarily in pedestrian and bicycle safety, um, and so I think it was really great to be kind of thrown into the fire um, and learn that way. I felt like a deer in headlights. And then, unfortunately, all of the conferences for this year have been canceled. Um, and so I just, I love the opportunity to come on, um, and talk to you and talk to your members. Um, and if there's anything they need from me from a safety standpoint or any ideas that they would like to see NHTSA work on, um, any gaps in, you know, training or education specifically for school bus drivers, um, please let me know. Um, I'm very open and always looking for new ideas, um, for projects.
0: That's great. And, um you know, do do you see anything on the horizon that, you know, you all may be working on it at this point that would affect, you know, school bus or student transportation?
1: Yes. So there's many research projects that um, are in various stages. So none of them are currently published. There's a few that are currently going through agency review, um, and those are primarily on um, seatbelts on school buses with a primary focus on student behavior and its direct effects or indirect effects. Um, and then I'm just launching a new study that's looking at the illegal passing of school buses um, to try to kind of gain a perspective of why that keeps happening and why it's, you know, it, it's, it's now no, but not a big thing. Drivers, you know, just pass school buses at their, you know, at well. Um, and we've had several, you know, tragic uh, crashes over the last few years.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting that you, you mentioned the illegal passings, because unfortunately, one of the byproducts, uh, unfortunate byproducts of the pandemic is that NASDIPS won't be able to do their illegal passing uh, survey this year. But we did see, you know, in their last one, that over 95,000 vehicles in one, in a one day period. And that was just over, um, 39 of the 50 states, um, that there were 95,000 occurrences of illegal passing. And it, um, you know, it was a problem that is increasing year by year because that's actually was 12% higher than it, the previous NASDAQ survey. So it, it does seem like an issue that, that we all acknowledge, but isn't going away. Um, and I, I, think that's one of the things that, um, you know, we're at least working on with the stop for school buses act. Um, but are there any other things that, that come to mind, Kristen, in your position that other than, than, uh, education or maybe education of young drivers that we can do to kind of stem the tide of these illegal passings?
1: Um, right now, I think it's going to be a lot of education, um, but also technology. So we can't depend on uh, a driver to be safe, but we can put in measures that make or encourage that driver you know, to follow the law and be safe. Um, so we're looking at a lot of those different technologies right now um, to see if, how the effective effective they are um, and how we can use those technologies to keep you know everyone safe um, especially kids who are are loading and unloading from the school bus as we all know I mean the school bus once you're in it it's the safest mode of transportation but when you're walking to it or unloading from it that's when you're at the highest risk Um, so we're really looking at um, the technology and then the education from a pedestrian standpoint so that student is a pedestrian before and after they got on that bus so really working um, on a safety campaign that kind of brings to light um, some of the issues that can come um, if you're not a safe pedestrian as you're walking to the bus as well
0: no it's a great point about uh, being a pedestrian you know before you're aborting the bus. Um, now, now, one question that comes up within our membership base, too, because there's so many agencies that uh, we deal with, um, and I'm sure you as well, but if, if you could uh, summarize, you know, folks sometimes are confused about what the National Traffic Safety Board, you know, does and and how um, that board, you know, interfaces with uh, NHTSA. Can you talk Uh, you know, summarize, you know, like what the respective roles are to, to maybe help make that clear for people?
1: Sure. Um, so back in the day, um, NTSB, um, was part of the Department of Transportation, but then it came about that it's a complete conflict of interest. Um, so NTSB is now their own standalone agency. Um, so what their role is, is after a crash has happened, they go to the scene and look at the contributing factors of that crash. Um, Once they assess and have a report, then they can give recommendations um, to either school districts or federal agencies or whoever oversees those specific deficiencies in the system that they find. NHTSA, on the other hand we're trying to prevent those crashes from happening in the first place we don't want the ntsb to have to go out and investigate a school bus crash or incident that you know three young children are killed um, because someone didn't stop for the flashing lights so we are the the front end of it um and ntsb is unfortunately the back end but they do You know, their job is also to, you know, keep people safe, and so, you know, their recommendations are, you know, they're they're normally pretty spot on. Um, So it's good to have a, you know, a working relationship without working together.
0: Yeah, no, that's a that's a a great answer, and it really um, clarifies the role. So time is running short, and you gave us a lot of great information. I thank you for that, Kristen. Um, If folks want to learn more about NHTSA, or want to reach you in particular, um, how can I do that?
1: Sure, if you want to learn more about NHTSA and what we do, it's NITSA.gov, N-H-T-S-A dot gov. Um, I'm also going to be sharing the PowerPoint presentation that I mentioned earlier and a few troubleshooting guides that we've created um, based on questions that we have received since the launch of this course to try to mitigate some of those issues that the users are having. Um, And then you can always email me at kristin.rosenthal at dot.gov.
0: Great. Once again, our guest at the bus stop this week, Kristen Rosenthal, she's a highway specialist with the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Kristen, great to speak with you. And thanks so much for joining us at the bus stop.
1: Thank you again for having me and stay safe, everyone.